0: This episode of Geekville Radio is being dedicated to the memories of Bob McGrath and Kirstie Alley. Geekville Radio. Welcome once again, all you geeks and geekettes. This is Seth, a.k.a. Zandrax, the mayor of Geekville and the host of Geekville Radio, flying solo here for this edition here where uh, my usual co-host crazy train Jonathan Bullock has some stuff to take care of in the real world and real life and hopefully he will be back sooner rather than later we're just going to dive into some news here a lot of it really having to do with the Warner Brothers Discovery merger and the the effects that that has mainly on DC because as we talked about couple episodes back I believe it was episode 310 we talked about how legendary pictures may be ending their relationship with Warner Brothers Warner Brothers of course owns DC Warner Brothers distributes DC products movies TV and such but a lot of those DC movies were done by legendary going back to I believe it was uh, Batman Begins in 2005 so this could definitely affect how DC movies are done in the future, but it is now news. It is now a fact. Legendary Entertainment has inked a multi-year deal with Sony Pictures. Sony Legendary announced a new multi-year theatrical film partnership. Sony will now market and distribute most of Legendary's releases, but Legendary will retain the distribution option for other platforms. This basically means any films that Legendary produces, Sony will distribute. If it's a movie, Sony has the distribution rights on that. But it does sound like, and of course I'm open to correction, if there's any video games or action figures, role-playing games, dice-chucking stuff, Legendary still has the freedom to pursue partners to do that with. It's only Sony that has the Film exclusivity, and there's there's additions to that as well. We'd heard the rumors of a split from Warner Brothers Discovery. You know, it, it had been around. But the new deal still allows Legendary to continue working with WBD for certain existing deals. The press release did specifically mention Dune Part 2. That was the only title that was mentioned specific as being part of the deal, but there there might be others because we know there is going to be another Godzilla vs. Kong movie in 2024 that has a release date. I would assume that would mean that that deal is unaffected as well. But Legendary CEO Joshua Grode said we are grateful to Warner Brothers Pictures, who has been a valuable partner to Legendary over many years, and we look forward to continuing our work with the talented executives at Warner Discovery. Now, given that Warner Brothers still owns DC, this does probably mean that they will find another production home for future dc movies now they have their own production company warner brothers is capable of producing movies under their own name they do have their own production studios for that and other companies have done dc movies like like black adam was not done by legendary but godzilla and kong were but really it will be interesting to see where this puts for Superman and any future Batman movies and and such outside of theaters. Legendary has also developed the Enola Holmes movie series for Netflix. And I believe Netflix is technically not a theater medium. So it's very possible that that deal will be unaffected. And so I, I think it's safe to say that if legendary chooses to make more Enola Holmes movies, they won't have to go through Sony for that. Now, that may or may not have anything to do with the merger. Another piece of news that we talked about last episode was James Gunn being hired to essentially co-head the DC movies and TV shows, and there have been a lot of speculation on what he's going to do he did respond via Twitter a couple days ago, on December 8th, and I'm going to read what he says here, and I, I will post a link to the tweet in the show notes at com slash 314. But according to James Gunn's Twitter here, as for the story yesterday in the Hollywood Reporter, some of it is true, some of it is half true, some of it is not true, and some of it we haven't decided yet whether it's true or not. Although this first month at DC has been fruitful, building the next 10 years of stories takes time, and we are still just beginning. Peter and I chose to helm DC Studios knowing we were coming into a fractious environment, both in stories being told and in the audience itself, and there will be an unavoidable transitional period as we move into telling cohesive stories across film, TV, animation, and gaming. But in the end, the drawbacks of that traditional period were dwarfed by the creative possibilities and the opportunity to build upon what has worked in DC so far and to help rectify what has not. We know we are not going to make every single person happy every step of the way, but we can promise everything we do is done in the service of story and in the service of DC characters we know you cherish and we have cherished our whole lives. As for more answers about the future of the DCU, I will sadly have to ask you to wait. We are giving these characters the stories and time and attention they deserve. And we ourselves still have a lot more questions to ask and answer. And there is a lot said there that some of it, I think, is... I don't want to use the word fluff because that sounds too uh, mean. But he's basically telling people this is going to take some time. It's only been a month. This is a 10 year plan. We are going to make some changes. Some people aren't going to be happy and some people will. Now, some of those changes that have happened, I don't know if it's been directly due to James Gunn or not, but one of the biggest things is that Wonder Woman 3 is not going to happen, at least the way it was intended to be. This does not mean that. It's not going to happen, and it certainly doesn't mean that Gal Gadot will be fired or anything like that. It looks like she's still on board as Wonder Woman. It just means that it might not be Patty Jenkins that will be making the film. According to an article by Cinema Blend that I will, again, be linking at com slash 314, It says that Wonder Woman 3, apparently its collapse involved behind-the-scenes issues with Patty Jenkins and the heads at Warner Brothers of D.C. It states here, Jenkins had once again intended to put pen to paper for Wonder Woman 3 and reportedly turned a treatment to Warner Brothers Pictures. However, both Deadline and The Wrap report that studio heads Michael DeLuca and Pam Abdi were not impressed with the threequel treatment with the former publication specifically saying that the pitch had character problems which rivaled that of Wonder Woman 1984. DeLuca and Abdi allegedly gave Patty Jenkins notes for her Wonder Woman 3 pitch, but Jenkins refused to implement them, arguing that there wasn't anything about her creative vision that needed to be improved. Although Jenkins was given the opportunity to pitch a different treatment for the next Wonder Woman movie, she decided to leave the project, not even wanting to hear what DC Studios' co-chairman, ceos james gunn and peter saffron had to say in the matter even though they had nothing to do with the decision to send back the treatment so that may be one of the things that james gunn is meaning that it was not true or half true or something to the effect because there was a lot of feedback online and in social media that were putting two and two together like Somehow James Gunn just walked in and said, ah, we're not doing Wonder Woman 3, you know, we need to have more violence and old music and uh, over-the-top stuff. No, it it wasn't like that. It it apparently had never even crossed his desk yet. And Patty Jenkins, I mean, she's got the Star Wars gig, she's doing the Rogue Squadron movie. There's other stuff that she'll be able to do. I liked the first Wonder Woman. I thought the first one was actually better than 1984 was, but... 1984 was certainly not bad by by any means, but continuing with the Cinema Blend article, as for where things currently stand, Galgado is still attached. There's the possibility that Galdo will stick or, with the role, and that Wonder Woman three could be reborn in a new form with a different filmmaker spearheading it. So there we have it: a third Wonder Woman solo movie is not going to be coming out anytime soon. Another movie that was supposedly getting ready for writing or pre production was another Michael Keaton Batman outing that allegedly would have been an adaption of Batman Beyond, with Michael Keaton playing the old Bruce Wayne with presumably Terry McGinnis, Batman as his protege, according to Collider. Michael Keaton's Batman movie reportedly cancelled. It says the film was reportedly set to be written by Christina Hodgson, who was also the scribe behind the other DC Universe films, including the Harley Quinn-based Birds of Prey and the soon-to-be released The Flash and the now-cancelled Batgirl. This is another one that has allegedly been linked towards James Gunn and Peter Safran coming in and, and changing around things. We'll we'll see where it comes. I would love a live-action Batman Beyond movie as long as it's done well. I think, though, what really does need to happen, and I think this, I've been saying this for years about the DC movies, and it applies to Star Wars as well, which is kind of funny considering Star Wars is owned by Disney, as is Marvel. There hasn't been a continuity cop. There hasn't been a center vision. You know, we talk all the time about how that's basically what Kevin Feige does for the Marvel films. He helps make sure that everything has a continuity and everything makes sense in the grand scheme of things. DC movies never had that. And the Star Wars movies haven't had that. So we get all these different creative visions that really don't mesh into any real sort of continuity. And I do really think that's what James Gunn is being hired on to do. And I also think that Gunn is smart enough that he's not going to turn everything into Guardians of the Galaxy or Suicide Squad or Slither or any of those darkly humorous movies that he has done. I think he knows that people expect to see an upbeat And positive Superman, not the dark and brooding Superman that we've been getting. Comic Book Resources published a story that said, uh, James Gunn promises Superman is a huge priority for DC. Somebody asked him on social media, Hey, James, please tell us if we're going to see a Superman. We've been starved of the greatest comic book character on the big screen for ages. And James Gunn responded, Yes, of course, Superman is a huge priority if not the biggest priority. Somebody the den of nerds tweeted that James Gunn does not like Henry Cavill. Somebody linked James Gunn to that, said, Care to you debunk this one? James Gunn just certainly said, Sure. False. So hopefully that means we're going to get an upbeat, positive Superman that quite frankly we haven't had since well, at least on the big screen since the Reeve films. Brandon Raoult, Superman Returns. I mean, that that was good, but that still had its kind of moments where it's like you know, the whole deadbeat dad thing. But that that's not Brian and Ralph's fault, of course. I, I thought he did a great job as Superman, especially in the Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover from a few years back. So another story that is fairly late-breaking and that is concerning Jason Momoa. We all remember when it was announced that James Gunn was going to be taking over for D.C., he tweeted out a picture of Lobo saying glad to be aboard or something to that effect. And there's a lot of speculation going around about Jason Momoa possibly being recast as Lobo. And that would bring into question, well, where does that leave Aquaman? And there's people saying that it's all rumors. There's people saying Momoa might step down as Aquaman, that they might recast Aquaman, or just stop using Aquaman so he can focus on being Lobo, obviously we'll see where this will go. I think Jason Momoa is perfect for Lobo. I mean, he's been a great Aquaman, but he'd be a fantastic Lobo because everything you need in Lobo, Jason Momoa's resume hits. He's a big dude. He can be scary looking. He's got comedic timing. He can be a total jerk. And I think if you remember those bumper stickers from the 80s and 90s, it said something to the effect of uh, heaven doesn't want me and hell's afraid of me or hell's afraid it will take over. That's Lobo. Yeah, that's exactly what Lobo is like. And you know Jason Momoa can play a character like that. I don't know whether it would be fully live action or maybe they would exaggerate him with CGI effects because I I would put it out there. just one man speculation here. I'd put it out there. You could, he might be able to do both. Jason Momoa might be able to still be both Aquaman and Lobo because he can be live action totally as, as Aquaman. They can CGI enhance him much like Marvel did for Josh Brolin because he, of course he was cable and he was also Thanos. Now, granted those were two separate studios, but if anything, if all, if things are all going to be under one studio with future DC films, I would think that that would probably make it easier rather than harder, that he could appear in multiple films put out by the same studio. So that's what I'd like to see. I think we could get a best of both worlds. I think we could get Jason Momoa continuing to be live action Aquaman and maybe a CGI enhanced version of Lobo where he. Zipping around in his space motorcycle, listening to Born to be Wild and shooting bazookas at uh, Santa Claus or whatever. So that covers a lot of news here for Warner Brothers in D.C. Definitely like to know what you folks think about it. If you're listening to us for the first time, this has been a bit of abbreviated episode here for Geekful Radio. I'm, Like I said, I'm flying solo. Train will be back in a future episode. We've got a lot of stuff coming up for Examining the Dead. We're going to do Year's End for that. We also got more Classic Wrestling Memories coming up as well. So you can check your podcatchers for that. This is Geekville Radio. You can find us at geekvilleradio.com. You can subscribe there. You can find us on social media, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram at Geekville Radio. And you can find us on just about anywhere you get your podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music. Just do a search for Geek Radio. You'll find us as well as our plethora of other podcasts with more specific geek flavors. Examining the Doctor, where we talk Doctor Who. We got a Nostalgia Trip and the Lesser Known Geek Hall of Fame, things that are kind of a little bit more niche in the world of geekery. So I'll be back with another episode soon that's just going to be devoted to movie trailers. Because there's been a lot of stuff coming up for 2023. A lot of geek movies coming out there. A lot of stuff looks like fun. So I'm going to be back shortly with episode 315 that's going to be devoted entirely to these movie trailers. I want to thank you folks for listening. And we'll talk to you folks again next time. Geekville Radio is not sponsored or endorsed by any product or company unless specifically stated. The views expressed by the host and/or guests are purely their own and do not represent the views of GeekvilleRadio.com, a one wrestlingcom or any affiliates. Some media used on Geekville Radio is the respective copyright of its publishers. All rights reserved.